What is up, members of the Izzone, and welcome back to another episode of Impact Izzone, Season 7, Episode 5. We are back. Finally getting back to the weekly schedule. Got a lot of hoops to talk about, a couple of game, a game to go over, and then some Big Ten stuff. Uh, but we'll get in the episode. I want to first have a little banter, see how everybody's doing. Had a nice long weekend. So as always, I'm Julian Mitchell alongside Trent Bally and Natalie Kerwin. Uh, how are you both doing? Trent, I'll start, I'll start with you. How was your weekend? It was MLK weekend. It's worth a million bucks. It's a great weekend. It was an awesome time. Yeah, long weekend, like I said. No class Monday, so everybody got a little break. Today feels kind of like a Monday, but it's all good. I had some fun this weekend. Good time. I went home, hung oh, out with my brother, came back, you know, on Saturday, almost as if, no, I came back on Sunday, so it's like you didn't really lose the day for the weekend, you feel it's me, because Monday we had off, yeah, Monday so off. it was a good time. Um, I had a good weekend. I went and visited some friends up in Big Rapids. I go to Ferris State, so that was fun. I had never been up there, or actually, I guess I had when I was really little. My parents are both alums, but um, go so that Bulldogs. was kind of cool. Yeah, go Bulldogs. They have a very good football team. They do. They They're do. Like, they were so close to making in. it to the D2 National Championship yes. again this yep. year. But that Top was match. really good. So I was there. Um, I went there Saturday afternoon and came home on Sunday. And then, uh, what else? Last night's Bachelor episode. Do either of you guys watch The I Bachelor? I do. I'm locked <laughs> I in. Do. You're locked I'm in? I'm locked in. Yes. I feel like we need to have like a hot take every week on this podcast and talk about it. Like For The Bachelor? A hot take for The Bachelor? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Okay, you go first. I don't have one off the top of my head. Do you have one? Well, I uh, the biggest thing I guess I remember. Well, okay, so from last week, the whole like Champagne Gate issue where Kelsey, oh, yeah. Kelsey's champagne went missing, and Hannah Ann used it, but she claimed that she had a champagne of her own, and it was just like this big fiasco. Like if you guys have seen that meme yes, of the champagne yeah. like popping on her face. That's what I'm referring to. But then at the end of last night's episode, they previewed next week, and mm-hmm. it showed um, Peter and I think Victoria. Alea. Well, okay, the Alea thing, that's a whole other thing. I don't even know how I skipped over that. It was <laughs> just whole, really annoying. That about. is a lot. We don't need to get into that. But next week, I guess Peter takes Victoria F on a one-on-one, and they see this guy, this country singer in concert. His name's Chase Rice. And you see her look over, and she's like, oh, I used to see him. Like, that's a big deal. That's a lot of drama. I, that's a lot of drama. So <laughs> Look, you, I don't you know see that kind of thing, there. and you, you can't tell me that some of this stuff isn't staged, though. Like, oh, come no, on. For sure. The producers for had sure. to tell. Oh, they, they were did. probably the like, producers... Peter, you got to take her on this date because he's going to be there. You know what I mean? Oh, they the... stir the pot. But they don't tell him that. They just say, they, take yeah, her yeah, on the date. They didn't tell him. They, they no. definitely did their research and saw that they had dated, yes. and then was like, we oh, they it. do a great job. They probably, yes. when they saw, like, for the champagne thing, they probably didn't even tell, like, either girl that the other one was, like, taking the other one's champagne. They just wanted, like, the drama to right. unfold. Yes. They great. do a good job. It was <laughs> absolutely wonderful Best producers TV. in the world. Wonderful TV. Yeah, it's great. 100%. I have, my hot take is that Peter sucks. Uh, dude, I don't like him either. Dude has you zero I'm with, No, I don't like him at all. Did you watch The Bachelorette in the summer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's I just... a few episodes. I just, he was my... I don't want to say I liked Luke P better than him, but when it got down to the finals, it was like, I don't really like Pete. You know, I'd rather, really? I wanted Tyler to win. Actually, before that, I wanted Mike to win. Okay. That's, Mike and Tyler were good, but yeah. Jed, everyone Jed, knew Jed I was, was off horrible. On Jed. Yeah, I was off. 
Anyways, this is a whole different thing. My, I guess my hot take, real quick, is that Hannah Ann's not going to win. Everybody thinks it's a foregone conclusion. They're like, she's beautiful. She's crazy. She's the right amount of crazy. She's going for it. Nah. Who do you got? Kel- uh, Kelly. Yeah. I almost said Kelly. Kelsey. Kelly's from Chicago? Solid Dude. pick. What? The one he, the one he met the at lawyer? the- The lawyer? Yes. Yes. She's not that cute. I'm sorry. Well, she's- they met she's before. Cute. She's kind of yeah. dry. She's cute. Yeah. My personal favorite is Madison. Her dad's the coach of Auburn basketball. She's good. The girl that, yep. that was in the yeah. hot pink dress went on the one-on-one. Yeah. Wait, she's parents. Bruce Pearl's daughter? Um, Auburn basketball? No, I think... I, I don't I don't know if he's the, Pruitt. the, the women's basketball name. coach. Pruitt. Hold oh, on. I'm looking this it up. It must be. Her whole Bruce backstory Pearl's, okay. I was confused about because it. she made it seem like she played college basketball, but she definitely only played in high school. Chad okay. Pruitt, men's basketball coach, Auburn University. Wait, is entering his sixth? Hold on. Is he an entering assistant? his sixth. Oh wow, they really mislead you. He's the director of operations. Okay, I was gonna say, what happened to my boy Bruce Pearl? Like, what happened <laughs> to the guy? Sorry, yeah. yeah she was, makes it very. She like just she, went to a Final Four, and she, I'm over here like she goes on the Auburn court, and she's like dribbling basketballs in her okay, intro, yeah. and she's like, I played basketball for years. And you're like, oh wow, this girl was it's like, like D one, like okay, legit. Yeah. yeah. No, she. I think she stopped in high school. Wow. So. Anyways, well, great segue, right? That's I a like great her. Pick. I like Victoria P as well. Blonde. V- Victoria P is fantastic because <laughs> she hits you with the hair down in a dress, and then she's and like, then Let she me hits throw on the glasses. hair up. Yeah, no, the glasses, they're Not many can hot. do both. Not many can do both. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, that's The Bachelor Talk. Yeah. If you want to hear more of that, we do talk about it on the Green and White Report on Sunday, and that's me and Ryan Robinowitz. And maybe now you can join for a part of it now because we Ooh, usually I'd... ramble on for like an hour about The Bachelor. I would, I would have Rabinowitz a lot of opinions it. on that. It. I love it too. The show's wild. Rabinowitz is—it's a guilty pleasure. He, he, I'm telling you, he loves the show. He's very passionate about what he's talking about, and it's funny because this is the first time he's ever really gotten into it. Collins, on the other hand, is a seasoned veteran. He is a seasoned. So it's—it's it's a, it's <laughs> really? a fun, yeah, it's a funny <laughs> dynamic. Either way, well, we'll move from the Bachelor to basketball. Um, we talked about everybody's weekend. Spartans move up in the AP poll. Just some news there. Uh, they're ranked 11th now in the AP poll. Newest one came out Monday. Um, so I want to give out that ranking before getting into the game that we have to go over, which is a bounce-back win over Wisconsin. Uh, that game came on, was that Friday? Yeah, it was Friday. It was Friday. Mm-hmm. I was Friday babysitting. Was the game. That's why I couldn't work it with y'all. Oh, you had to go home. Nice. I had to go home and babysit. Yep, I do. Babysit kids in the summer, wow. so then I miss them. Wow. So then every now and then, my, my the family's like, "Hey, you want to come back? You know, on a random night, whatever." I'm like, "Yeah." So I went and watched kids. It's a great time. That's so. Anywho, I just you know had to throw that in. You are when you said, "Is it Friday?" I was like, "Yes." And here's how I know it was Friday because I babysat. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Did you make the kids watch it with you? No, we watched The Greatest Showman. Great movie. Zendaya, by the way, your girl. I know that's your girl. It is my girl. I still have not seen that movie though. Oh, she's tremendous. I love that movie. It's really good. I'm not going to lie. I have a few of those songs downloaded on my phone. They're good. I, I like some of the songs. Yeah, no, no. I, I listened to one on the way here. I cannot <laughs> Which lie. One? Rewrite the Stars. Yes. With Zendaya. It's Zendaya wow. and uh, Zach Efron. Take a look. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's a very powerful, beautiful great song this was i'm glad you two had this moment and anywho <laughs> this, was, this was wonderful uh we're gonna go back As to basketball friday night wisconsin michigan state Spartans with a bounce back win over wisconsin final score and that one 67 to 55 and really looking at this game i i, I think you can just kind of summarize it to no winston no problem for michigan state Cassius winston has, has once again kind of a, a strange outing for him we do have a, a twitter question about his last couple of performances but a, uh, a kind of a non-factor for Michigan State in this one. 
and got a lot of help from the supporting cast. And I want to start first diving into that supporting cast with Aaron Henry, a guy who I really feel like, you know, we have and a lot of the media members and even fans have been critical of uh, of his play up until this point and in this game. And you wrote a great piece about it, by the way. Oh. Julian wrote an excellent piece about Aaron Henry. Go Thank check you. it out, impact89fm.org. Thank you, appreciate it. .org. I should really get that right, shouldn't I? I should. I mean, I feel you. You get paid to do exactly. This, not I me, get paid so. to work here, so I should probably know what. Like, give me, give me like thirty sec, dot org. Impact eighty nine fm dot org. Boom. There we go. Check it out. Julian wrote a great story <laughs> about Aaron Henry. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Did write a story about Aaron Henry and, and kind of his play and where his head is at and kind of how he's been dealing with the criticism he's gotten this season. But uh, performed pretty well in this game against Wisconsin. Finishes with thirteen points. Five rebounds, three assists, uh, five of ten from the field, one of two from three in 30 minutes of action. And I, I'll start with him. What you guys see from him in this game against Wisconsin? And uh, do we think he's he's finally going to start turning the corner with this one here? It's one of those things, and this sounds very brash and rude, but I'll believe it when I see it. It's not like I don't believe he can do it, but he's got to put together a couple games, a string of games, have or, or you know, just where – he has a game like this, 13 points on 5 of 10 shooting. You know, that's really all you need him to do consistently. So if he can do that consistently, this team, there's no telling how high this team can go, uh, assuming Cassius Winston has a little bit better of an outing here or there. But the slack was picked up elsewhere, and we'll get to that in a second. But just in terms of where Henry's at, I think he's at his best when he blocks out the noise and he just plays because he definitely looked assertive from the tip against Wisconsin. And I think he had a great performance. It's just now a question of if he can replicate that going forward. Yeah, he had four immediate points to start off the game and an assist to Tillman for a dunk, I believe. I mean, he showed that aggression immediately, which is something I think shocked a lot of people because he hasn't had that all season. And like Coach Izzo has said, I wrote down something he said from the press conference. He said, it sounds crazy, but Aaron just needs people to kind of artificially motivate him. Um you know, to do well. I mean, last year we remember when Izzo was screaming at him from the bench and then you saw Aaron go off that game and the few games after that. I mean, I think he's just the kind of guy that he doesn't have it within himself. He's still a young sophomore, and I think when he gets that push or he does find it within himself, which we could see in this game against Wisconsin, I think then we'll start to see more from him. But I think this was a good start. I think it shows a little bit of promise for right now and we're going to get into the how the other guys have stepped up as well, but if we can see Aaron stepping up as well as Brown and Watts and those other guys, I think it's a good sign for this team. Exactly, and Henry played a great game. I, I thought as well. I thought he did a good job of uh of picking his spots and not not being hesitant and knowing that you know when he got he gets it on the wing, the, the guy can take anybody baseline to the lane, no matter what, from any any area of the floor. And and think he's starting to realize that he has that ability, and especially. The biggest thing for me is recognizing when Winston and Tillman are not having great games that he has to be the guy. He has to be the guy to create his own shot because I think he, he's one of the few players outside of a guy we're going to talk about a little, bit, a little bit later in Rocket Watts who can create his own shot. Um, so it was good to see him perform in this game here, and we'll we'll continue to watch if this is the, the game that will turn the corner for his performance for the season. Uh, next person in the supporting cast who really stepped up and it, it's kind of one of the things I think you get out of him when you're playing a home game and Kind of one of the questions you look at with a guy like him, Gabe Brown, 13 points, 5 of 5 from the field, 2 of 2 from beyond the arc in this one here. A role player who, as I think we said in the last podcast, role players perform at home. And he performed at home and was excellent. Uh, but to me, what really sticks out is that three-point shooting, 2 of 2. It is kind of just only two three-point shots. But 
for me, he's the key to unlock this offense. If there is an ability to shoot the ball from beyond the arc, I think it starts with him, um, and especially with, with now the loss of Kyle Arns that we'll talk about in just a second, him being able to shoot the ball is going to be massive for this team. Definitely. I mean, he did have a really complete first half, 5-for-5 five five shooting, 2-for-2 two two on three points. I mean, he, he had great defense down on the block. You could see he was being really aggressive and gritty, which is something you love to see from him. He had several rebounds, four to be exact. And you could just tell he was starting to get a feel for things, especially defensively. And, of course, we love his dunks, too. That is a crowd favorite. So I think a lot of people love him for that sense, too, his aggression, his love for the game, just the grittiness, I guess. So I think that Gabe Brown is definitely been showing a lot of signs of promise as well in the past few games so far this season I think he's been a player that we can definitely depend on that will keep improving and um, showing that when Cassius isn't having a good night he's someone that can step up and we'll get into more of that as well with Rocco Watts yeah when we watch Gabe Brown I feel like we see a guy who just he plays hard I mean I don't really know how else to put it other you know Julian you you said he he does excel in three-point shooting other than that there's not really one area where he's you know overwhelmingly great at or he's he doesn't really have a signature to his game but he plays hard and he does everything very well and he doesn't have really any weak spots to his game Natalie you said he rebounds uh he's very efficient with the basketball he's very smart with the basketball he plays good defense on the block and on the perimeter um, and, and this is probably something we'll get to in a little bit as well, but Tom Izzo did run a lot of sets with Gabe Brown at the four and Henry at the three and things like that. So this whole question of who can play the four, you might have found your answer. You know, I know we've been talking about this early in the season. Can Izzo go small with Henry and Brown on the court at the same time and then having Tillman hold down the five and then obviously either Watts or, you know, and, and obviously Cassius. So it's just it's a matter of, if they can continue to have success doing this, but I think that Gabe Brown could even play the four and he could stretch the floor a little bit, help X out down low, things like that that you look at, the, the little things that don't always get the limelight, but he he plays hard and he, he he's a scrappy guy. And I think that's huge. Uh, you you hit on a big thing that uh, Izzo hit on in his, in his uh, post-game press conference, um, saying that Gabe was actually able to handle a lot of the bigger guys on the block and provide a lot of aggressiveness, which is something that this team is going to miss without Kyle Arns. And it was a new bit of news that broke prior to the game against Wisconsin, Izzo in a press conference. And I'll give the quote because uh, I want to get it correctly, kind of what he said about Arns. He says, quote, when I say it's day-to-day, it's not it's day-to-day because Kyle Arns will be out for a while. Uh, It's just been so hard to have him practice, not practice, have him in the lineup or not in the lineup. So it was a decision made by me. I just think he's broken down. It's been really hard on him during a game. We'll try to put him in, and he wants to go but doesn't know if he can go. It's just been this Achilles slash ankle thing. We've had doctors look at it, everybody look at it, and I think part of it is that he's been through so much during his career. To end quote, and there's a, a little bit more to go over there, but really that is kind of the meat of it is that Arns will be out for a while with this kind of – um, injury that has kind of been hovering over him for a lot of his career, and especially I think this latter portion with with ankle and the back. Um, but Michigan State misses a lot from him, and I think he he's one of the guys who goes kind of under-talked about into how much he brings to this team and this program. And, and Trent, you talk about Brown being able to step up in there. I, I want to ask you, you look to any other players who can kind of fill that Kyle Arns role, and especially if he, if he does come back, not exactly sure on – when they're, they're kind of targeting the second half of Big Ten play there, but how much of an addition will he bring to this team and kind of the limited minutes we saw from him so far this season? Yeah, I think you have to look at Rocket Watts and think that he would be the guy that would have to fill a void because if, if we recall, you know, 
Kyle Ahrens openly said at the beginning of the season, start Rocket. That's what he was telling Coach Izzo. Now, obviously, things have happened since then. But coming out in the Champs Classic against Kentucky, that was one of the things that um, Coach Izzo actually attributed to his senior. He said, Kyle Ahrens, you know, this guy, is, he's a team player. And he said, he told me to start Rocket, start the freshman, because he's just a little bit more talented. He, yeah. can, he, has a, he has more ability to score the ball. And what you're missing with Ahrens not on the floor is, is you know obviously he's not the best flashy scoring numbers guy, but he can knock down a three with confidence, and that's something that you already talked about, Julian. But this team has to—that's that, one area where this team has to really find their stroke a little bit more—is behind the three-point line because if they want to make this run, that is something that hasn't really been able to catch on yet. You look at the Purdue game, just a disaster, and it started with turnovers and not able to hit three-point shots. And like you said, yeah, I mean if Arns is going to be out, if he's injured for who knows how long, Watts has to be the one that steps up. And I think we finally could see that he had a breakthrough against Wisconsin. I mean, we've seen moments from him, but this was the first time he actually got hot. Like, after Wisconsin um, caught it to six at one point, like right after the second half began, he scored like eight in a row, multiple three points. I mean, I just remember you'd hear, Rocket Watts, Rocket Watts. It's like, okay, who is this guy? Like, we, we have never seen him go on a hot streak like that. And like you mentioned, he's got the aggressiveness, and I think for him, momentum is key. And I think after Friday's game, knowing that Arns is out as well and Josh Langford's been out all year too, I mean, I think Rocket hopefully will start to get on this hot streak that's not just in during the Wisconsin game but also against Indiana and Minnesota coming up because overall, I mean, all these guys that stepped up on Friday, which we can get into in a little bit, but – I mean, that's going to be really important going into more of Big Ten play and into the tournament. You hit on it. Rocket Watts has, has probably his his best game, or at least his best couple of looks as a Spartan in this game. Ends up with uh, 11 points, 4 of 7 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3 and 16 minutes of action. And I, I mean, I, I was sitting up there with Alex McCray and, and we were doing the call and some of the moves he was able to put on, I mean, multiple step backs on Brad Davidson, step back threes. He had one great move where he faked going to the left corner, sprint, cut hard, and sprinted back inside for a backdoor, uh, backdoor finish with a layup. And I mean, the guy looks good. And I think a big part of it is he did go through a little bit of an injury um, in the middle of this season. And I think now he is finally back. He's got the springs. Looks like they're fully loaded in his legs. And I mean, he looks great. And I don't know. I think he's finally being able to to blend his kind of speed and brashness to this Michigan State offense, and I think if they got a player like him coming off the bench who can give you a very, a very, very different look than what Cassius Winston gives you, I, I mean, I think that can skyrocket what this this bench can do and this production can get behind uh, when teams start to focus on Winston and Tillman. Right, and I mean, I think we can all agree this was the closest I think they've looked. Um, to the team that they want to be and what people want them to be this season. I mean, all parts have to be working at all times to be a championship team. But if someone like Gabe Brown, Rocky Watts, and Aaron Henry can all have a decent game and step up for a not-so-average night that Cassius Winston was having, then that's a winning team. And, I mean, it's not like Cassius to have a night like that where he scores, what was it, six points? I mean, that's not like him at all. And he had more rebounds than assists. I think he had five rebounds, four assists. I mean, that's definitely not like him. But he's going to have games this season that he's not going to be on his A game. No player is on their A game every single time. But if you can see those three guys step up and actually have four to five guys that are averaging, like, I don't know, five to ten 
points a game or whatever it is. I mean, that's that's a talented team right there. And I think if we start to see Rocket Watts and all those guys do that, it's a good sign. Yeah, Natalie, to your point, I think – uh, the Wisconsin game to me too was probably the closest to what the Spartans want to be going forward, maybe aside from Cassius Winston's performance. But a lot of people would say the Michigan game, but you look at that, it's like that was just Winston and Tillman. That was just Winston Tillman City. That's all it was. You know, no one else really made a huge impact on that game. So that's not necessarily sustainable. That's something that you want in a rivalry game at home or, you know, maybe one out of every four games or when March hits and you got to, you know, you got to really pull something out. You rely on those guys. But in terms of just a collective team effort and everybody stepping up, this Wisconsin game was a huge confidence boost. And I think that's right on time for the Spartans, just what the doctor ordered, because now you work in Cassius, starting to get his groove back. We're going to talk about that. But then, you know, guys like Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown, finding their confidence, Marcus Bingham playing a lot of minutes, Rocket Watts playing a lot of minutes, those kind of things all work together. And now you got the team that you really thought you had at the start of the season. It's interesting. It's interesting that you both say that, because I guess I, I kind of have – a different idea of it and something I do want to get your guys' thoughts on. But when I look at this game, I do I do see the, the great parts in that the supporting cast finally does step up, and especially without Winston and Tillman playing their best games. But the thing I, I find interesting, and obviously it's a wait-and-see kind of game, but for me I ask the question of can this be replicated? I, I, I wonder, you know, this is a kind of, to me, for guys like Gabe Brown and even Watts and, and at points Aaron Henry, this is one of those games where I think – their performance was was great, and it's something the doctor did order. But it's also they did it at home, right? And I think it's very interesting, especially with the way this conference is shaking out. That a lot of these games are going to have to be won on the road, and, and so obviously we're going to see what happens with Indiana coming up on Thursday, and then Minnesota after that, a two game road stretch for the Spartans. Whether this is something that can happen happen going forward, and for you guys, because you both said that this was probably the most complete, at least the performance they want to, to be going in the right direction. I want to know, do you see signs of this being able to happen on the road? Can this show go on the road? Or are you kind of maybe in the same boat as I am of thinking that I kind of want to see what happens at Indiana before giving judgment? It's a fun question because there is no answer. You know, time's going to tell. You know, the, the Spartans haven't played very well on the road in the Big Ten, especially. And you're right, Julian, they did. This Wisconsin game was against an 11-7 and Badgers team. So, you really have to put it in context, and to your point, you're going to have to wait and see how they perform at Illinois, at Indiana, at Wisconsin, play the same team again, at Michigan even. So there are definitely some big benchmarks coming up in the final leg here of the season, or I guess the second half of the season here coming up. But you know, can Aaron Henry you know, do that again? Can he continue to replicate that success? Can Gabe Brown go 5 of 5 and 2 for 2 from deep? Uh, things like that. Can Rocket Watts hit his three-pointer at a 60% clip? Who knows? Uh, these things are all you know, valid questions. And you're right. The skepticism is, you know, warranted for the Michigan state media here who have watched this team, um, from start to finish. And it's just been a, it's been a series of ups and downs all season. So yeah, I guess now that you bring that to our attention, I think I would probably err on this side of caution. We got to see how they perform in Indiana. We got to see how they perform on the road against some of these other teams, not just at home in the Breslin center. Right. I'm with you on that. I think that's a good point to bring up, Julian. I mean, there is comfort, though, in knowing that players can step up like we just saw against Wisconsin when Cassius was having a not so great night. All these other guys can step up and put in the work for him. So I think that's comforting to know. But it's a great question. I mean, going to hard arenas like Mackey Arena, going to, is it Memorial Fieldhouse? Is that where Indiana, is that what they're? Something, Assembly Hall. Something like yeah. that. Assembly Hall, sorry. Is it, no, Memorial Stadium is their football stadium, isn't it? Indiana? I, okay, you, I don't know. You would know. Trying to go off the top of my head Miss Sideline but, Reporter over here, yeah. she knows. She knows all the arena <laughs> names and everything. But 
it, my point being, yeah, going on the road, that's a test of how good your team can be, how mentally strong can you play in these tough environments, can the freshmen that have never been to these places before push through and do well. So I think that's a great question. It's There is no answer. I guess we'll have to see. I think beating Indiana and Minnesota at Indiana and Minnesota will prove that if these guys, I mean, if these guys can step up again, I think it'll show that yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But I think if they can step up, um, yeah, it'll prove that this is a team that can do it, do that again, I guess is what you're asking. Yeah, just one more thing to add about this. You know, sometimes in, in, a, in a micro sense in basketball, they'll say, you know, you're having a scoring drought. Kyle Lowry comes to mind. Yeah. You know, the playoffs <laughs> back in his, you know, the middle of his career, um, those Raptors days. You just got to see the ball go in the bucket once, even if it's a free throw, you know, if it's a layup, and then you start to build your confidence a little bit. If you back that up and look at a big picture for a team like Michigan State, that could that same principle could be applied here. You know, Michigan State might just need one of those performances like Wisconsin, and now they've got their confidence, they got their wings, and they can kind of take that and run with it. So it'll be interesting to see if that's how they respond to it or if it is just another flash in the pan. I like that. That's a, yeah. a a great way to look at it there, seeing uh, if they can get the ball in the basket. A guy who's helped a lot of teammates get the ball in the basket is going to be our last point to touch on with Wisconsin. Um, in this game, Cassius Winston, uh, he, he had a, hit, hit a big milestone. Uh, he reached 817 assists in his career. That's the Big Ten record, and then also the record for Michigan State, passing Mateen Cleaves for that. 817 now is the new number and counting, because there's still a whole lot of season left to go for Cassius Winston. Um, but, I mean, I don't know what much there is left to say about the guy. I think a lot has been said about him, and he's been tremendous in his, his years here at Michigan State. Like I said, a lot of season to go. Still a lot left to prove, but I think already not just with the record, with the milestone, but this guy's going to go down as an all-time Spartan. Yeah, the I think the most impressive thing to me is, and i got to make sure I phrase this correctly because I don't want to slander anybody's name, but... I, I think the, the teammates that Cassius Winston has done it with are a little bit more impressive to me, whereas maybe a guy like if Keith Appling broke this record or something, playing with Adrian Payne, Brandon Dawson, Denzel Valentine, Travis Trice, Gary Harris. I mean, that's a loaded team. Cassius Winston, yes, he's had the two years with Miles Bridges and the three years with Nick Ward. Other than that, it's been a lot of Matt McQuaid's and Kyle Ahrens is out there. I think it's, it's really impressive what he's been able to do with what he's been given. And he just has – you. It, it's kind of a joke I got with my brothers. You look at Cassius and you almost wonder, like, how is he so good? You know, he's not – you look at a LeBron James and he's huge. He's, you know, he's he's built like a brick house. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. And you just know how these guys are doing it. Cassius Winston, is a, he's a work of art and he's a wonder. And it's just great to watch him. And we've been so privileged to, to be here at this university and – uh, while he is just, you know, as students alone and then as part of the media as well, it's just been great to see. So hats off to him. He is probably the second or third best point guard to ever put on the green and white, so that is really cool. Right. I'm blessed to have been able to watch him during my years here. I mean, he is a wonder to look at. You do wonder, how how does he do it? How did he put up 30? When did he put up 32? What game that was? Uh, that was uh, Michigan. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michigan. I mean, that was insane. He's just, he is a wonder, and this this couldn't have happened to a better player. I mean, he's just a great person, gone through a lot of adversity this season, and I'm really happy for him that he was able to break that record, and I know Mateen Cleaves was really happy for him, too. Um 
in I think when they were talking, I remember reading an article where Mateen told him, you know what, like, I wanted you to break this. Like, I don't want to hold this forever. Like, it's been two decades or whatever, and it's time that this was broken, and I wouldn't have wanted anyone else to break it besides you. And it was just, like, a really cool moment for both of them. So I think this I'm, – I'm happy for Cash. I think he, he deserved this, and, um, yeah, it was very cool. Cleves was proud, and I think he, he went on to say that he kind of knew Cash was going to get it because point guards know. And I think that, to me, has been one of the, the biggest things for Cash is the guy's a true point guard, pure point guard in all of the sense. I as mean, pure as they come. As pure as they come. And you talk about a guy who it, it's not just the number, but it's the teammates that he's lifted up with those assists. And I think you look at Xavier Tillman, and especially, I mean, this is a guy who, he was coming off the bench. He, he wasn't, he was he was a good player, but he wasn't anything truly special, as you're seeing now with a guy who, I mean, he's vaulting up NBA mock drafts to be a potential NBA player. And I think a big part of that is the way him and Winston just work in a two-man set. Um, and I, Winston has just made everyone, everyone else around him better. Um, and so we'll see going on with the second half of the season, kind of where he will take a, will take this Michigan State team as they look ahead to the rest of the Big Ten and then the tournament, so on and so forth from there. But I obviously want to give congratulations to that and acknowledge the, the milestone that had been passed uh, on Friday's game against Wisconsin. It's, again, a win for Michigan State. Bounce back after the loss to Purdue, 67-55. to uh, We'll move on now. Only game we had to recap for this week. Uh, want to do a Big Ten update. We haven't got a chance yet to really – dive into the Big Ten, and now that we're we're pretty much in, it's a conference play here. Want to go over some of the standings. Uh, I'm going to look here. Michigan State alone at the top of the conference with a 6-1 and one conference record. To a lot of people's surprise, Rutgers and Illinois following that up, tied for second place with a 5-2 and two conference record. And then I think about four or so teams tied for three at 4-3, and three, and that goes Indiana, Maryland, Iowa, and Wisconsin, Minnesota at 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Penn State at three and four in the conference. Purdue at three and four as well. Michigan having a very tough time. They also fell out of this uh, this new installment of the AP poll with a two and four conference record. Ohio State at two and five. Nebraska two and five. And Northwestern at one and six in the conference. Um, all of those records. It's been a very contentious Big Ten conference to say the least, um, and a very good conference, very stacked conference. Uh, leads to five Big Ten teams in the AP top twenty-five. It was Maryland, um, Michigan State, Iowa, uh, Rutgers, and I'm missing one other team in the AP top twenty-five. I don't have my standings up, but five teams. MSU, Maryland, Iowa, Illinois, Rutgers. I think those are the five. Is that five? Did I That's, say five? That was five. I don't know. If just, okay. Well, <laughs> I wrote them down. So we got, those you got five. Yeah. Perfect. Five Big Ten teams <laughs> in the AP Top 25. I got Thank you, you, Natalie. I appreciate it. Also, I meant to say this. You had it with Indiana's football stadium as Memorial. You got it. Yes. You got it. There you go. Sideline report. My sideline skills. Somebody She's hire her. Test, you guys. Give her a job. Please. I she won't let you down. May. <laughs> she Thanks, won't let guys. you down. I can tell you that Thanks much. Julian, by the way, real quick, uh, what yeah. game was it that we did together last? Minnesota? Was it the Minnesota game? That Either way, United? we come down and we do the stand-up. Natalie, just one take, done. Oh. She's <laughs> like, yep, Natalie's like, Trent, let's do the stand-up. Boom, boom, boom. 30 seconds, done. Wait, yeah, Killer. with Ian? Yeah. That was that was insane. But then <laughs> She was in at the That's end. At the end, on, at the end, Natalie goes, thanks and good night. <laughs> She goes, and it was it was so natural. It was like it. this is awesome. Love I was like, you, that's what you could tell is that's what someone does. You know, She's like great. at Impact, you know, we got some people, great people. Bless them. You know, someone might stand up there at the end of the stand up. They'll be like, you know what? Thanks, thanks for tuning in from Impact eighty nine, whatever. I'm Trent Bailey, 
and then we'll see you next time. She says, thanks and good night. It was just so <laughs> it was so sincere. And it, it was. It was like 1 in the morning, right, when we got that done. Dude, it was 9 p.m. too. It was late. Yes. Okay. I feel it. That- I'm not even, before, I'm not even going to let you slander yourself yeah. right now because she did one for Wisconsin as well. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Tip top, right? I'll, I'll let you go ahead with whatever you were going to say, oh. but I want to make sure that got out. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it, I think it was good too, but it did take quite a few tries, if you remember, Julian. That's what I, I don't remember. Say, but, you know, uh, there's you not know, a lot of okay, witnesses. Never mind. It was one take. All right. I didn't see I it. One take. One take. I, don't I didn't see it. I have one file saved was, on my phone, yeah. so. Sorry to derail okay. everything, right. but she's great at what she does hire. <laughs> Thank Move you, on. guys. Move. The thanks and good night. I think maybe I'll keep that as my little tagline. Tag maybe I'll Everyone's just like chop it one. off and it'll be the outro of this podcast every time. <laughs> Thank you. And good, good night. night. <laughs> and good night. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be electric, actually. Uh, Love it. Uh, but in keeping with the big tid, five teams of the AP Top 25. Um, before getting into it, I just want to dive in, stay with Michigan State for a second. Um, obviously sitting alone in the standings at 6-1. and one. Are, are they far and away the best team? I think I look at this, and the Big Ten's very contentious. Uh, but, but to me, I, I do think they are clearly the more talented team. Uh, not saying that they're going to just run away with the top spot in the conference, but I think they are the team that everyone is going to have to try and match themselves up to. Yeah, so I would actually take a little bit different of an approach. I think Michigan State is going to completely run away with the Big Ten at this point because I don't see a team, and I talked about this last week, I think briefly, I don't really see a game on the schedule that if I was the Michigan State Spartans would really scare me. I mean, obviously at Michigan is always, they're always going to be up for that. You know, who knows what could happen in a rivalry game, but Other than that, I mean, at Illinois is going to be tough. Obviously, the Spartans lost their last season, and this season Illinois is a lot better than they were last season. It was more of just a a, a weird road game last year. But, I mean, Ohio State hasn't really panned out to what they're going to be. At Maryland might be a little bit of a tough game, but, you know, that's in the final days of February. I'm pretty confident in Tom Izzo's ability to get this team uh, on the up-and-up and and keep that trend going up. So those games are all on the back half of the schedule here. I really don't see a team – and, and again, maybe they'll make me look like idiots, but I don't see a team here that uh, is going to – I don't know if Michigan State's going to lose another game. I, I guess they might I, – I could account for one or two maybe. You know, Iowa is going to be a tough one, but again, they get Iowa at home. So um, I do think Michigan State's going to run away with the Big Ten. I think so too, but also Rutgers scares me a little bit. I think – just looking at their schedule this year and what they've accomplished. I mean, when we played them first, they only lost uh, 77 to 65 and they were, they were keeping up. I remember yeah. that was a pretty close game. And, and at the time everyone was shocked by that. They were no, like, Whoa, Rutgers I know. is good. Yeah. And I now know. it's like, yeah, Rutgers is good. I know. So. And, and Tom Izzo had a lot of good things to say about their coach, Steve Peichel, I believe is his name. And it's his fourth season. And I think just Izzo is commending him. Like, this is only your fourth season, but you've already done so well with what you have. And the crazy thing about this team is they don't have a superstar necessarily, but they have like four or five guys that are averaging like six to 11 points per game. And I think, I mean, when we're talking about Michigan State and needing an Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown, or Rocket Watts to step up and also average that amount of points per game, I mean, I think it's obviously they don't have a superstar, but I think it's kind of, it's a little worrisome knowing that these guys are are averaging um, or multiple guys on this team are averaging between six and 11 points and are beating good teams like Wisconsin, Seton Hall, Penn State. They lost a close game to Illinois, but they beat Indiana, beat Minnesota. And some of those teams are teams that Michigan State has had trouble with. So that's why that's 
Rutgers, I guess, is my biggest surprise also going into that of the season so far. So I think MSU will stay at number one, but in case there's any of those crazy losses like Purdue or right. whatnot, you never know what could happen. Cassius could have another bad night, and then our, those, our other guys, Henry, Brown, whoever, doesn't step up. I mean, who knows what can happen. But So I guess Rutgers would because they're in second, so I that kind of scares me a little. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm a fan of the difference in opinion. I like it. I just think it is uh, Michigan State has kind of benefited from the schedule that they've had early on. I mean, the, your first Big Ten game, you pull Rutgers at home, and obviously Rutgers is kind of a different team now as we went as they went through the season. Uh, but still, you're able to pull them at home. Your one road game prior to that is Northwestern. Um, and when Northwestern's 1-6 in the conference, it's not like that was anything. Then you get Illinois at home, Michigan at home, Minnesota at home, and the first time you're actually going to a pretty contentious arena is away at Purdue, like you said, Natalie. And I, I think you get Wisconsin at home once again. I don't think we've seen necessarily enough to go out and tell me that they're going to run through uh, this conference in the second half, especially with what they have coming up. I think you look at it, they have to go on the road and win in tough environments now. And that's, again, at Indiana on Thursday, at Minnesota on Sunday. Uh, still got a matchup with Wisconsin, at Wisconsin, at Michigan. Uh, and Michigan could be a completely different team by the time you get to that February 8th matchup, at Illinois as well. I think that's a Super Tuesday matchup. Uh, so uh, still a lot of interesting things and a lot of teams that they could all look different when Michigan State gets there. So for me, hesitant to just say they're going to run through it. Again, I do think you just look at what this team has. And no other team in the conference has a Cassius Winston, a Xavier Tillman, or an Aaron Henry, or Gabe Tom Brown, Izzo. Rocket Watts, and Tom Izzo. So I do think, looking at what they have, the the pieces that are all together, I don't think there's a team that's meeting them with the pieces. But I do think with the way the conference is just shaking out, they still have to go out and prove and get these road wins because these road wins are hard to come by. Right. Yeah, you got to be careful when you're walking this line here. If I could qualify my answer one more time. I guess it's more of a psychological thing for me, and I know that's not really always the smartest thing to do. You know, we said on this podcast we're supposed to analyze and bring stats and do that, but for me, it's more just like, look, the Spartans had their Purdue game; they had the, they had their bad game. Uh, it is January at this point. You know, it's almost February, and then you know you got Tom Izzo as your head coach, and we've just seen it so many times. They're gonna keep trusting Cassius Winston, and like you guys continue to say, uh, you know, I. I got a hard time believing he's going to keep having these bad performances. So I just I, I think it's more times than not, Tom Izzo and the Spartans have just shown that you know and, and, and obviously you can account for one game maybe. I, I I guess the Spartans could lose another game, you know, on the road against Illinois could be a tough one. Or like like you said, at least they got Rutgers early. But there's just a lot of things to look at. But I guess for me it's a psychological thing of I just it's almost like Ryan Rabinowitz's little principle of never betting against the Patriots. You just don't do it. Now maybe that'll change next year, you know, and yeah. but you just sometimes you just don't do it. So I guess I'm not I'm not ready to say that the Spartans are in any trouble in the Big Ten until I see and granted this conference is really good, you know, we're seeing it shake out. So you gotta be careful when you walk the line. But I, I guess I, I do think Michigan State's going to win it pretty comfortably. But it makes sense. Again, like you, like you said, I mean, it, you look at this purely on paper, take away the fact that they're away games and they're contingent environments. Name a team that is really going to stack up with this Michigan State team in terms of talent. Like, I really do love what Luca Garza is doing at Iowa and love what Daniel Oturu is doing for Minnesota. But outside of that, a lot of these teams have a lot more question marks than Michigan State does. And so I think you take away the fact that it is a tough conference and these road games are going to be tough, these environments are hard. Paper-wise, 
Michigan State is the team. And so that's why there is and there is no right or way to go for it because, again, it's a wait and see. It's a whole second half of a season that can shake out. Like I said, Michigan can look completely different. This Michigan State team could end up looking completely different if, you know, you say Winston continues on this kind of poor streak of poor games he has. Things can look different by the time we get to, let's say, February 8th for that Michigan game. Um, so a lot of things can change. The conference is fantastic uh looks great like i said five teams in the ap top 25 now a lot more could end up making the ncaa tournament and with that i want to ask you all biggest surprise so far from this season in the conference um mine really uh, kind of a, a, sh- a surprise in terms of them not being able uh to be good has been ohio state and they're two and five in the conference uh 12 and six overall and they have just struggled i mean this is a team that they, they, they look like they have serious problems going on, and offensively they're struggling, defensively they're struggling as well, just all across the board. It just seems like Ohio State has not been able to get it going. I still, you know, they still have a lot of time to turn it around, and they have a good resume with some of the teams they've beaten early on in the non-conference schedule, but as of right now, the Buckeyes do not look like one of the teams to beat in this conference. Right. I mean, like I said earlier, uh, Rutgers, they've been my surprise team so far this season. They don't have that superstar, but they have a few players that are averaging a decent amount of points per game. And it's they're doing well with that. I mean, like I said, they've beaten really good teams like that ranked teams too: Wisconsin, Seton Hall, Penn State, uh, Indiana, Minnesota. And, you know, this is those are all pretty good accomplishments for a team that doesn't have a superstar like Michigan State with X and Cassius or Daniel Oturu on Minnesota. So I think they've been my surprise team this year, second in the Big Ten. I mean, I never saw that coming. And like you said, Ohio State, that's surprising because the Wesson brothers are supposed to be this great duo. And mm-hmm. so far this season, I mean, 12 and 6, 2 and 5 in the Big Ten, that's that's definitely not where people expected them to be. Yeah, I got to co-sign both of them. Uh, Rutgers actually has been uh, – they've exceeded my expectations completely. Uh, obviously, 13-0 at home. I mean, if you do that, you know, it's going to be tough to beat you anywhere uh, just because you build up that confidence. Um, and as far as Ohio State goes, yeah, no one – I don't think anybody saw this coming from them. So, I guess, yeah, I would, I would have to co-sign for Rutgers as a good surprise, I guess, and Ohio State is uh, more on the bad side. It's going to be interesting how those shake out. You hit on it with Rutgers, and, and I want to pose a question before we get done with our Big Ten portion of uh, of this podcast. You look at Illinois, you look at Rutgers right now, the tops, uh, top two after Michigan State in the conference. It, it, is this for real? Can they keep this up? I mean, this is an Illinois team that I feel like for a lot of people is relatively ahead of schedule. Uh, they have a lot of good pieces and players, and Brett Underwood's doing a fantastic job there, but I don't think anybody expected a, a potential, still early, um, number two placing in this conference, especially where they're at right now. And then with Rutgers as well at two, kind of how Steve Peichel has done a great job over there at Rutgers. Do you see these teams being able to keep this up? Um, still a lot of season left to go. Illinois, you're right. They're a little ahead of their time at this point. I guess I would hold back on them just a little bit, but as far as Rutgers goes, Natalie, you highlighted this earlier. It's really by committee. They don't have a single player who's necessarily an echelon above. You know, a lot of a lot of like, you know, five to ten points per game all across the columns of the stat sheet. So that's awesome to see if you're a Rutgers fan. So I guess I would say I think Rutgers can can replicate it a little bit more and can continue this just because they don't rely too heavily on any one facet. They just play hard and they play together. 
Right. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, for Illinois, looking at their schedule coming up, they play Purdue tonight in West Lafayette. And like we said, Mac Arena is not easy to play in. So if Illinois can come out on top and beat Purdue tonight, I think that will say something about this team. Um, and as they continue down the road, uh, they play Michigan in Ann Arbor, Minnesota at home, and then they go to Iowa City and play Iowa. And that game, too, will be one that can kind of tell the tale of this team. So I think I think it just depends. Um, going into Rutgers, yeah, like we've said, they don't have this star player. So I think, um, you know, I think they can keep it up if these guys are still averaging 5 to 10 points in Illinois, if they can beat Purdue on the road, Iowa on the road. I think it'll say a lot about these two teams. Both have a lot uh, of season left to go on, a lot of things left to prove. I look at Illinois, and I, I definitely agree with both of you. They still have kind of some road games they need to go out and win, and especially they'll have a big one um, when Michigan State heads on the road to Illinois. I think it's February 11th is the date for that one, that uh, Super Tuesday game. So that'll be a very interesting game for them and a big one for them potentially for their resume. Rutgers, though, I like Rutgers. And, uh, you know, throwing some some stats, some analytics at you, Bar, uh, Bartovic, which is a site that uh, does a lot of college basketball stats, has them ranked four in adjusted defensive efficiency um, right now. And that's a team, they, they play fantastic defense. Uh, still some questions on offense, uh, 80th in the country in terms of all adjusted offensive efficiency. But if that defense can keep it up and the offense can kind of find its way. They're going to be a really good team. And now you hit on it. They have a lot of uh, quality wins already this season with Wisconsin and a lot can change depending on where Seton Hall goes. But right now, Seton Hall is looking like one of the better teams in the country. Miles Powell is continuing to fill it up. So those are already quality wins they already have. Um, still with the second half of Big Ten Conference schedule left to go. Um, so I really like where Rutgers is sitting. But uh, I like that. And that's our, uh, our Big Ten talk for the podcast here. Uh, we'll usher it. We'll move on into our Twitter questions. Uh, a lot of people send a couple people sent them in using the hashtag impact is on again. Uh, I'll usually tweet it out at J underscore Mitchell 25 on Twitter. We'll tweet out a um, a post or something saying we're recording today. Record on Tuesdays now. Tuesdays around 2.30. Um, so we'll try and get that out. Make sure you send in some questions if you have any uh, about Michigan State basketball, Big Ten basketball, or got any national college basketball questions. We'll answer those as well. Uh, I'll start first with our basketball question out of the two we have uh, from man Zach Swisicki. He asks, for someone that didn't watch a second of MSU's last two games, how would you explain what has happened with Cassius Winston? Um, and obviously two kind of poor performances for Cassius Winston. Uh, first on the road at Purdue, that game has been well documented in terms of his struggles in that one, matched a career high nine turnovers in that game. Then again at Wisconsin, Natalie, you brought up his stats, but just reading them off again, six points, uh, five turnovers, same number of rebounds that he had, five rebounds and, and four assists, which got him the milestone, but also a, a small number comparatively to what he's been able to put up. Three of 12 from the field, 0 of three from beyond the arc uh, so two back-to-back poor showings poor outings from Cassius Winston and so I guess we'll start with answering Zach's question Allie you want to go first yeah I mean it's hard to say what exactly has happened players are gonna have off nights and Cassius might just be on a two-game average sort of night I don't know it's it's hard to say I mean why is Aaron Henry not been aggressive this year I mean it's hard to say what these guys are feeling in their head if they have a little bit of an injury that no one knows about I mean it's hard to say I don't know what I guess it's hard to put into words for me I think just to put it in simple terms just two off nights 
I think. Yeah, I think from a basketball standpoint, it's definitely a combination of things. It's Cassius not really being able to efficiently score the basketball, which isn't something that's very characteristic of him. But also, um, Purdue in particular, I saw it less so from Wisconsin, but Purdue in particular was able to take away the paint and just really suffocate the Michigan State perimeter, like make them work it all the way around outside. And that's you know, that's not Cassius's strong suit. A lot of his success comes from penetrating to the basket, driving kick, that type of thing. And he's a great finisher as well. So um, we saw some issues with that, you know, obviously turning the ball over, getting in foul trouble, things like that. Um, so I, I don't think it's a sustainable problem. Uh, I definitely think he's going to break out of it very soon, uh, probably against um, Indiana. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't overreact, I guess. But that's how I would explain it. I think he's, it's been a combination of two things. Said it in the last pod, uh, going over that Purdue loss. First, Purdue had a lot of time, and I think it was a week week worth of time to prep and game plan and get ready. And you know, Purdue is great at that. They do a nice, a great, great job, and uh, Painter does a great job of getting the team prepared for whatever team is going to roll into Mackey Arena. And they had a great game plan and were prepared for Winston. And so I credit them to a lot of the issues Winston had in that game. Um, and so for me, that's kind of where the struggle at Purdue comes from. Is a fantastic game plan from Purdue there. Um, for Wisconsin, again, kind of going with you, Trent. I think they they had an idea of what to do with Winston. wasn't executed as well as Purdue did. Uh, I do think Cash has got the looks that he wanted. I think there were a lot of you know mid range jump shots that he gets the guy on the hip and he's able to sink those most of the time. They just didn't fall. And I think to to me that's basketball. Sometimes the shots just don't fall. Um, and so I think. Indiana will be a game to watch for and see if he'll bounce back. But I, yeah, I just to credit Purdue to a great game plan, great defensive outing for the Boilermakers, and then this Wisconsin game with just looks kind of not falling. Some good defense, but looks also not falling for Winston. Um, turnovers are a question. I do think he's going to be better at it. I think I do want to say, and I kind of said it with Purdue, they kind of given teams a blueprint and kind of what they need to do to defend or at least an idea of what to do to defend. So I think some of the looks are being taken away, but a, a guy who's as good as him with his ability to pass the ball and kind of anticipate where defenses go, I think this is something that he'll figure out and he'll move on from. Um, so, yeah, to answer that question, I think that's it. I think we all kind of have a feeling that Winston will, will jump out of this stretch and we'll see what happens on the road at Indiana and then Minnesota following that. Um, our next question from uh, someone who's been a fan of the show, been following on Twitter, has liked a lot of tweets, sent in a couple questions here and there. Man, Zach Sardinick, he asks uh, a very an advice question. We don't get a lot of these, but I like this one. Natalie likes this one. And so he asks, what is your favorite thing you've done with Impact, and do you have any advice for someone coming into MSU and, and possibly Impact Sports next year? So, Natalie, you want to start us off answering this question? Sure. So... I have two answers for my favorite thing. I've really enjoyed doing this podcast with you guys. Aww. I know. I know. Um, so sweet. <laughs> Thanks and good night. I've loved <laughs> All right. <laughs> we, we're saving that for the end. Come on now. <laughs> Let me end with that. But um, no, I've really enjoyed just getting to know you guys and learning from you guys too. I mean, this is my first time. This is my first year joining Impact. So I haven't been able to do a ton yet. I haven't gone on the road yet or anything, but I am really looking forward to doing the Big Ten tournament and hopefully March Madness, all that stuff too. So I have a lot of things that I'm looking forward to, but I've really enjoyed doing this podcast every week and just talking with you guys, getting to know you guys better and just learning more of the game of basketball because there's always more to learn and 
for me. Like football's always been my big thing, but this was more of like a challenge for me this year to like get into basketball because I've always liked it too, but it hasn't been like my main thing. So I've learned a ton from you guys and being at games. So that's been really fun. Um, and then the second part to this question, um, my advice for someone coming into Michigan State and joining Impact is do it right when you become a freshman. I wish I had done it earlier, um, but I'm so glad that I joined this year and I was able to like get all of that experience and put something else on my resume because I already have some other things for my internships and whatnot, but this was a really cool thing to be able to work alongside very talented people, be right in the locker room with MSU basketball, media, and just learn. I mean, just do everything you can and, yeah, take every opportunity that comes to you. That's my piece of advice. That's great. That's yeah. great Fantastic. advice. Fantastic. <laughs> so, um, yeah, favorite thing I've done at Impact, uh, I am a raging, uh, colorful Detroit sports fan. So all great the adjectives. Motown rundown, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of ran out of road there, <laughs> and I just looked at the walls here in the studio, colorful, whatever. Um, yeah, so I've enjoyed Motown Rundown with my buddies of Benowitz Collins. It's a great time. We just go on their vent about things, and it's awesome. Um, but I feel like this question is kind of asking more for, like, what have you, like, gone and done? So um, when the Pistons had training camp here at uh, East Lansing, that was awesome. Resident Center got to go talk to those guys. I got to talk to Isaiah Thomas, which was just unreal. You know, if you grow up a Pistons fan, he's royalty. You know, he's a legend, by far the greatest Piston of all time. Amazing, so it's yeah. just it was so cool to shake his hand and talk to him. My advice for someone coming in uh, would be to get involved with something small that maybe not everyone else wants to do, like specifically here at Impact, you know, a lot of the smaller sports. I got my start just writing for professional teams. It's like obviously I don't have any access to those teams, but writing columns and opinion pieces, you know, that's that's unique stuff on the website that people are drawn to because it doesn't always – it's not the same old, you know, recap, preview, recap, preview. It's more of an opinion thing or a column, and you kind of get your voice out there. Then you can get your start on other things. Like I've obviously been blessed enough to do this with you guys, so – that would be my advice. Start with something small and prove yourself a little bit. Yeah, I like that. Perfect. You guys give great advice. I don't know what else to add. Well, Julian's an RA, so you probably got plenty of advice <laughs> off oh, the whim. I have a lot of things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> you <laughs> That's, I got a lot I of can those. tell you all the don'ts. Tell you all the don'ts. Um, I'll start first with the favorite thing I've done at Impact. So similarly to Trent, I'll first give kind of just my, my favorite part of being Impact. Just the people I've met um, here have, have been amazing. Made able to connect with a lot of people, both old, young, same age as me, and it's it's been really cool to kind of learn from everybody and take different things from everyone and kind of build relationships. That I mean, this campus is 50,000-plus people, and to kind of have a small group of people that all, one, love sports, but all have a similar mindset about what they want to do and where they want to go with their careers is is a great thing to have, and I, I've appreciated being a part of this. Um, I really appreciate and love doing Green and White Report with Rabinowitz and Trent and Collins hop on from time to time, and I feel like we've really made that show kind of our own thing and, and what we want to do with it, so I've been very happy of, with that. Um, as far as favorite thing, I mean, this is, I hate saying it because it's a flex, I feel like, whenever I say it, but really just being able to go to the Final Four last year and go to Minneapolis is I mean, there's not a lot of college students that will be able to tell you they covered a Final Four in their career, and to have done it so early in mine, I, I can't, you know, thank Impact enough for allowing me to do that. So I appreciate that, and that was just an amazing experience. Any advice? Um, first off, for for coming into MSU, 
Um, kind of Natalie really said it, and I, I think you you had the best advice is you just come here and start, hit the ground running. Uh, I came in, and I was blessed enough to meet Matt Micah at a career fair for Impact Sports. He told me what to do, told me to show up to a meeting on Wednesday, and been here ever since. And so when you get here, just um, be open for opportunities and be able to uh, be there to take things. And for Impact Sports as well, that goes the same thing. Um, say yes. A lot of the time, um, obviously say no to things that you should say no to. Like if someone tells you to hit a jewel, please say no. Don't ever do that. <laughs> that's, that's my jewel. My jewel. That might be thing the best the day. thing we've said on this podcast. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to make that up. Uh, there's got to be a bite. <laughs> there's got to be a bite. <laughs> Put it on green or right before it. Don't do that. Uh, but say yes to, you know, covering swimming on a Wednesday because you go from covering swimming to being on Green and White Report to to now coming on a, you know, basketball podcast to cover Michigan State basketball. Um, it all starts with the little things and just showing the fact that you're dedicated to what you want to do and dedicated to the craft and getting better every single day. So, uh, yeah, that would be, be my advice for that. Says a I lot about it. you if you cover the little things. It, it really a, does. It, it says a lot about your dedication. That's kind of how we weed out the people who aren't necessarily, you know, in it for the uh you know the team aspect though you know you got to be here you got to want to work hard so definitely and if people see you covering sports like swimming field hockey the smaller stuff then they'll be more likely to put you on the bigger sports like football basketball and give you those opportunities 100 100 percent i want to give credit to you too because first i mean with trent you have you've come in and you've been a sponge and you've been ready to learn every single day i'm a sponge been working hard you work hard i I think that goes underrecognized with all the stuff you do for pro sports and then coming on here and doing that and with the green and white report and motown rundown you you do everything so i want to give credit to that thank you Credit, credit to all you guys as well. Oh, you know, it. you know everybody. I, I I sent Julian. You know, this is turning into you know whatever. But <laughs> I sent you with an advice question like this. I sent Julian a text last week, and I just basically, you know, Julian's been my mentor kind of from Julian and Ryan that, Rabinowitz from cry. day one here. I've just kind of shown me like what to do, how cry. to do it, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm just excited to finish out the season with you guys and send you guys off right, you know? Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it, Natalie. Thank you've been ki- you. you've been killing it. I mean, we came Thank in at the same you. time pretty much, but I've seen what you do with BTN and everything like that, and you you do fantastic work, and it's been really – I feel lucky to have had you here to be able to get it for the last year. And so you've Thank been great because you. you've come in and you've, you've worked hard and you've been willing to learn and, and go with us on this crazy ride that is Michigan State basketball. So we appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Of course, You're gonna make of course. <laughs> Hell of a time, baby. Impact. Great time. Impact Second, half of, the <laughs> Second uh, half of the season. Season still left to go. So shout out to Zach for that question. Hopefully, we gave you some good advice. And I think we did. Yeah, I think we you did. You guys are the best. Of course, of course. And if you want to uh, reach out again, again, you know, you know my Twitter at j underscore mitchell twenty five, and then I have uh, I train out. Is it at t bell? Yes. There's a t bell ninety one. T b a l ninety one. I was gonna say. You know 95. why it's ninety one? Dennis Rodman, baby. That's my nice. guy. Of course, you, you, yeah, you're He's my soul Wait, animal, did we discuss you know? why yours has the 25? The, no, oh, we yeah, did. Why the 25 that? is for my birthday. June is it from Malik okay. Hall? <laughs> Shout out Malik Big Hall. Malik Hall guy. because <laughs> <laughs> of Malik Hall. Shout out Malik Hall. That's my guy. I felt like we did connect. <laughs> you at did. Michigan State Media Day. No, so I, I actually to... saw that. Yeah, you guys were talking about music and stuff, and I was sitting over here like, oh, I guess I'm not that cool because I'm not talking Hall, about music. Malik Hall, number one fan. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's for my birthday. Mine's just Natalie Curran one. One. <laughs> Natalie Curran one. I'm number one. one. That's it. The there one and not only. not be another. The exactly. one and only. Yeah. Thanks um, and good night. So, yeah, you can reach out there and ask any more <laughs> questions you want. That's got to be a bite, too. We need the jewel bite and the thanks That's and good night. That's definitely a bite.
I'm gonna have to start cutting it's these necessary. up now. Somebody's Shop gonna, them up. Colin or somebody's gonna run through here and like, what are they talking? They're about? gonna sift through it. Yeah, and I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna have to yeah. edit it myself. Um, but still a lot of season left to go. So before we get into tears or anything, they still have a second half of basketball to go over. Um, and so the next two games for Michigan State give you a preview for those. Uh, again, Indiana Thursday, January twenty first, twenty third. An away game at 8.30 p.m. It's going to air on Fox Sports 1. Um, Luke Sloan and myself will both be there uh, providing you with content, recaps, and stuff like that post-game. Um, so be sure to keep it locked to uh, our Twitter, uh, my Twitter, Luke's Twitter, Impact's Twitter. Um, we'll have content coming for you there. Looking at Indiana, a season ago, they went 19-16, and 8-12 in the Big Ten. Uh, they got OSU, Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament, lost that match, and that win kind of would have placed them into the NCAA tournament, but they lost, so they ended up being a part of the last four out and became the number one seed in the, in the, in the NIT tournament, lost in the quarterfinals to Wichita State in the NIT. Um, this season, they are 14-4, and 4-3 and in the Big Ten um, this is a team that kind of rely very heavily on their two forwards. Uh, some good talent, though, in freshman Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, 12.9 points per game, 7.4 rebounds a game, shooting 58% from the field. Uh, that's all in conference play. Uh, Justin Smith, he's about 12.4 points per game as well with 5.6 rebounds and 51% from the field. They are sixth in scoring offense in the Big Ten and eighth in scoring defense. So about middle of the road for Indiana. Should be a, a good game on the road at Assembly Hall, a very, very tough environment, one of the, the, the better environments, better arenas in all of college basketball. So it'll be very interesting to see what Michigan State does on the road. Uh, so I'll throw it out to you guys for our predictions for this game. Um, I think it is going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, it is going to be a test that Michigan State really hasn't um, faced Thus far, just when you look at, you know, this is a team with multiple double-digit scores and they're on the road. So it's something that, you know, like we all talked about it all all episode long here about can Michigan State do this on the road. I believe they will. I think Cassius Winston has a bounce-back game. And I think you also look at Rocket Watts to continue to build that camaraderie with his teammates and just kind of continue to, you know, hit shots, knock down open shots. And then I guess the other area I would look to is look for Gabe Brown to play some more of the four because I think that Tom Izzo liked what he saw against Wisconsin, and that's something that I think could really contribute to a win at Indiana and in the season going forward. So I would look for Gabe Brown to play the four, Winston bounces back, and Rackett Wise continues to build. I think Michigan State can do it too, but like we've said, hard arenas. We saw what happened when we went down to Purdue and lost really, really bad. Cash just had a bad game. X had a bad game. It was just bad all around. Um, Indiana, I mean, they beat ranked Florida State earlier this year. They beat Ohio State, who hasn't been who we thought. But they did lose to Rutgers and Maryland, who are both doing well this year. So it's kind of hard. Excuse me. Sorry. It's hard to say. I think I think this will be a bounce-back game. I think Cassius isn't going to have a third game in a row where he's not doing very well. And I think, or we hope, Rakowatz, Gabe Brown, Aaron Henry, they're going to keep the momentum going from Wisconsin and bring it into Indiana. Uh, yeah, I agree with both of you on that one. And to, to keep it up, because we're rounding out at the hour mark of this podcast, we'll move on to Minnesota, because I think both of you summed up Indiana very well. Uh, Minnesota, that game will come on Sunday, January 26th, another road match for Michigan State. That one at a 3 p.m. tip be on Fox. Um, a season ago, Minnesota 22-14, 9-11 uh, in the Big Ten. They finished 7th in the conference and lost to Michigan in the semis of the Big Ten tournament. They were uh, earned the number 10 seed in the NCAA tournament, ended up losing to Michigan State in the second round. 
Um, this season, they're 10 and 8, 4 and 4 in the Big Ten. And we kind of said it earlier when we we're talking about players in the Big Ten, but Daniel Oturu has been fantastic. He's the second leading scorer in the Big Ten with 20.2 points a game. That's overall. And then 22.6 in just conference play. Um, also, dynamic guard Marcus Carr is chipping in with 18.5 points per game in conference play. Uh, those two booing and, and anchoring this Minnesota team uh, will also lead to a very interesting matchup. Things went differently, though, uh, when Michigan State took on Minnesota at home was a win for Michigan State there on the home floor so a very interesting second matchup with Minnesota on the horizon yeah I don't I don't see it being any different than Michigan State's performance at home against Minnesota I think if you handle Oturo uh, you should be fine uh, to keep it very brief yeah I think you got to key in on Oturo not let him get uh, you know he had 22 in the first matchup you still won by 16 so as long as you don't let him explode for a Tyrese Maxey like 37 or Miles Powell-esque 37 points um, I think the Spartans will be just fine in this one. I think you said it perfectly too I think as long as you handle Oturu and um, just continue with this I guess um, performance that Michigan State had against Wisconsin these next two games I think they'll be just fine. Uh, interesting matchup in Trent. You said it. Oturu, 22 points um, and tw- 10 rebounds in the game. First game against Michigan State, went 9 of 19 from the field. Uh, Marcus Carr struggled 11 points, but 3, 11 from the f- 3 of 11 from the field. They forced Minnesota into 11 turnovers on the home floor. So an interesting matchup could take place away uh, as Michigan State takes on Minnesota in that one. Uh, we'll have content and more coming for you from Impact, so be sure to keep it locked on the website. A lot of content, a lot of recaps, articles, posts games such like that coming for you so make sure to keep it locked there follow everybody on twitter follow impact on twitter again we got more time more content coming for you we'll be back next tuesday with another episode to go over both indiana and minnesota but that's been it for season seven episode five of impact is on once again julian mitchell natalie kerwin trent bally has been it we'll see you all next time thanks and good night